In this episode, I'll be sharing my thoughts about letting go and holding on. We need to hold on to our grief stories. They are a part of who we are. We also need to learn how to carry our grief instead of letting it carry us. What do you need permission to let go of in 2022? As always, if you are enjoying the podcast, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Thanks so much for your support. So today I want to talk a little bit about letting go and holding on. I want to talk about what you need to give yourself permission for in 2022. So let's talk a little bit about um, permission and what it means. For me, it's something that I've struggled with since even before I lost my mom. Um, And the thing that I think we all associate with permission is that in our lives, our mom is supposed to kind of be our true north in our moral compass. And as we're growing up, she's the person that we look to for permission to decide to do certain things and to not do certain things. So what happens when we lose that moral compass and that figure that helps us figure out the right direction? Perhaps that loss has been through death. Perhaps it's been through a strained relationship or that perhaps you were treated in an actually unhealthy way from your mom. And so you just don't have that um, representative of a true north for your moral compass. So actually, when I think back to my story um, that I want to tell you a little bit about today, mine actually even started before I physically lost my mom. Um, When I was eight, my parents separated and we were living in Illinois at the time and my dad moved to Florida and my sister and I stayed with my mom in Illinois and At that time, unfortunately, my mom really confided in my sister more as like as a peer than as a daughter. Um, There was some drama around the way that my dad left. And when they separated, um, my dad's secretary moved to Florida with him. So, you know, there were all these rumors about affairs and gossip and things like that. And unfortunately, so I was eight. My sister Amy was 11. Um, my sister, my mom, excuse me, ended up confided in confiding in my sister in a way that was really inappropriate. Looking back on it now, as an adult, um, she talked to Amy about our dad as though Amy was a friend and not as though Amy was her daughter, and also the daughter of um, the person that she was talking about. So unfortunately, I think at the age of 11, my sister was put into this position where I know she still loved our dad, but she was being told things that really weren't um, things that she should have been told in that situation and at that age. And so it kind of turned out that there was like this bond as unhealthy as it was between my mom and my sister. It was like the two of them against dad and I was eight and I was like, like, I didn't really even understand all of the background information about how he had left and what was going on. Um, Cause I was eight and you know, this was 1978. So this was before kids that are eight years old today know a lot more than I did um, as an eight year old in 1978. 
But um, so my mom and Amy kind of formed this, this alliance of like the two of them against dad. And I was, you know, just young and still loved my dad and still wanted to talk to my dad and couldn't understand all these, you know, hurtful things that were going on. And, you know, I was just hearing bits and pieces because I think they did try to shield me a little bit from all the talk and the gossip. Um, but so when my dad would call, he would really want to talk to my sister and my mom because they were the ones that were, um, you know, against him, that were mad at him, that were saying bad things about him. And so he was trying to smooth things over with them. All of this to say is that I feel like I probably just kind of went inward and, um, kind of just, that's when I started learning, learning how to rely on myself was when I was eight years old because mom was involved in this, you know, the drama around her separation and Amy was, uh, oftentimes like a, a partner in crime with mom in this whole scenario against dad. And I was kind of like my own little Island too young to know, um, and, and in retrospect, I'm probably pretty grateful for that because it kept me from having to be put into this, um, awkward situation like my sister was, but it really kind of started me on my path of turning inward and being my own kind of Island. And so then after, you know, four years of our parents being separated, my sister and I decided to go live with dad in Florida. And then the next year, my mother did die of pancreatic cancer. And that really then continued to solidify this island theme that I had started uh, when I was eight years old in that, boy, if I, if I just didn't depend on anybody or have to rely on anybody, I wouldn't be disappointed. Uh, if I just tried to do everything myself and not rely on other people, that that was probably the biggest sense of protection that I developed for myself. And as now, you know, being over 50 years old, I can look back on these things and not be judgmental about myself and not try to place blame on anybody. It really is. It, it, it just, it's the environment that I was brought up and it's a situation that happened and it was how I dealt with it. Not everybody deals with things that way, but that for myself is what I did. And I started focusing on all the things and just doing things right and checking off all the boxes. And I did a podcast episode on high functioning codependency that you can go listen to if you resonate with that. If you, you know, started becoming the ultimate taskmaster and doing all the things as a way, as a coping mechanism, and basically as a defense mechanism, pretty much. The problem that grows out of that high-functioning dependency, where you become extremely independent and you go inward and you focus on um, all the things that you can do to just keep moving forward and finding your way, is that you no longer have that place of permission to go to. Do you know what I mean? You've lost that sense of trust. I know that I had a very big problem with trust for many, many years. Um, 
I didn't have the ability to go to my mom anymore to, to try to navigate decisions that were hard or situations that I had a hard time dealing with. And that lack of a place to go for permission adds to that sense of the high functioning codependency. It just, you know, when, when you talk about things and you realize how things snowball and kind of turn into this uh, vicious circular type of event, um, the loss of my mom at a young age and the inward work that I had already even started before I lost my mom at 13. And then the situations that happened after that with a loss of trust in relationships and things like that, just all keep snowballing and compounding the effect of moving inward and not being able to rely on other people for permission, for support, for encouragement. Does that make sense to you at all? Um, I've just been thinking about this so much lately and I'm trying, I'm trying to put, put it into words and I don't know if I'm going to do a great job, but what I've really been thinking about is how, how we can still hold on to the parts of our past and to our moms and to our stories while letting go of the things that no longer serve us. When you lose your mom, you lose that sense of your moral compass and your person to go to for the direction when you need it. For me, it also affected my self-worth. I had no uh, measurement for my own self-worth anymore, which was why I started using high functioning as a measurement of my self-worth. If I just did all the things and, and um, you know, got all A's and was able to be independent and um, all those ways, then that was kind of how I chose to measure my own self-worth. But after years of trying to live under those kind of circumstances, it can show up in our lives in many different ways. And these are some of the things I've thought about that that we need to learn how to let go of. And it's not that any of these, some of these might be right for you. Some of these might not be right for you. And not everybody develops these from their experience they had with losing their mom. But for me, the way it showed up in my life was um, one of the ways was through people pleasing. I often put others before myself and um, just wanted to try to make everyone happy because if everyone was happy, then my self-worth felt happy. My, my perception of my own self-worth felt happy. There were some significant boundary issues that I often had with learning when to say no and learning that no is a full sentence and some of you may not may need to hear that again. No is a complete full sentence. You don't need to add anything to it. You have the absolute right to say no. And the, the other thing that I often did was uh, self-sabotage. Like I would I would discredit myself of things before I even started them. Oh, you can't do that. You're no good at that. Why would you even try something like that? 
or I would procrastinate or do other things to just sabotage um, my own path to things that might have been able to provide my self-worth a sense of fulfillment. So those are some of the things that I want to let go of. And I do understand that grief is going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. Grief has, grief has been a significant part of my story for the first 49 years of my life. I lost my mom, my dad, and my only sibling, my sister, by the age of 49. None of that is going to go away. But grief is not the only part of my story. There are other parts of my story, too but I need to let go of some sort of expectation that I have that I can't share that, that I can't share that grief, that I have to put on the facade of everything being, you know, a-okay and that I have things all under control, which was a result of all those years and years and years of just being high functioning and doing all the things so that I could, uh, you know, not bring any attention to myself. So I feel like I'm kind of just jumping around and giving, giving different examples here and there. But my goal in doing all this is just for you to hear parts of my story. And hopefully you can relate to something in a way that just makes you exhale and say, oh, gosh, it's just so good to know that you're not alone. Loss is hard. And there are other things that add to the complicated, you could have complicated grief, you could have um, a loss of closure in the death of your mom or your loved one or whatever loss you've experienced in your life. There are just so many things that we attach to our stories that just don't serve us. But in that moment, it's the narrative that we're told or it's the narrative that we tell ourselves. And the longer we tell ourselves something, the more that it can seem to be true. But let me tell you something. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Your thoughts are not facts. There are so many things that we add to our story along the way. So I want to give you some of the glimpses of things that I've had in my narrative, in my story, so that you can understand that, that somebody understands your journey. And one of my favorite sayings from a, a friend of mine who actually lost her, um, she lost her mom when she was even younger than I was. It's a quote that says something to the effect of a burdened, a burden shared lightens the load. And now I don't, I don't want to say that the death of your loved one was a burden, um, but it does turn into a load, a load that we try to carry by ourselves. And when you share that load with others, it lightens it. It just makes it easier to carry when you share it, when you speak it, when you put words to the feelings that have been only occurring inside your heart, inside your head. A burden shared lightens the load. When we stuff it down and we hide it away, it just adds to the sense of it, of, of your load being a burden. Grief is traumatic and our, our regret can be normal. 
but we need to allow ourselves the time to sit with it, to feel with it, to name it, to share it. It's not going away. Our grief is not going to away, go away, but we need to learn how to carry it instead of it carrying us. So this is the part about holding on and letting go. You need to hold on to your story. Your story is part of who you are, but you also need to hold on to things of truth and things that serve you. And you need to let go of the things that do not serve you well. You will have to learn how to accept and respect yourself. Your journey gives you gifts that only you have. That's something that I've really realized lately, that every single one of us has a different journey and a different story. And it is what makes us unique to this world. And oftentimes, it is what helps develop the gifts that you have to give this world. One of the things that I've decided is that one of my gifts is to help to nurture and support others. I want to be able to do that for anyone who needs help and support. You can go to my website and sign up for a 30-minute connection call. It's totally free. If you listen to this and you just need somebody to talk to, sign up for a time and let's meet and let's talk. You will be doing this for a lifetime and some days are really, really hard, but I just want to encourage you to keep going. Just do the next best thing, one day at a time. Keep going and reach out to others. We are meant to do this together. I recently finished a grief share um, group, which was through my local church. And one of the things we talked about is that trials don't build character. You know, when everyone says, oh, you're so strong. I can't believe how strong you are. Well, first of all, we don't want to be strong. Second of all, we don't have a choice. The discussion that we had in Grief Share said that trials don't build character. They reveal character. It was always there. You always had it. Trials are the things in our lives that reveal character. What do you need to let go of this year so that you can live more in light than in the darkness? Boy, oh boy, if there's anything we've realized is that there's so much darkness out there in our world. You need to find the ways to shine the light in your heart and in your soul. How can we do that together? How can we let go of the things and hold on to each other for support? I really have so enjoyed the podcast and I'm so grateful that you've allowed me to be a part of your day and a part of your life. What can we talk about in 2022? What do you need permission to be able to do in 2022? And one final thought that I have for you too is that if all of this seems way too overwhelming, if you are in the deep pit of grief right now, this probably really won't be reaching you at a place where you can hear it in the manner that it's intended. So I would encourage you to 
come back at another time when you're further in your grief journey. I'm 38 years from losing my mom. And so I've had a whole lot of time to process this. I haven't totally acknowledged the loss of my sister yet. And quite honestly, I don't know if my brain will ever be able to do that. But one thing I want to encourage you to do is that if all of this light and darkness stuff just seems too um, out of reach for you right now, one of the th other things I learned in Grief Share is that if you can't focus on yourself, focus on others at this time. How can you be of service to others? This just takes you completely off the focus of yourself allows you to focus on somebody else and it will release endorphins in your brain if you do something of service to someone else. And that could be as easy as sending a handwritten note. That could be as easy as telling the cashier at the grocery store, wow, that color shirt looks good on you. If it's too much work right now to think about your own internal light, think about being a light to others and just give it a shot. Try it. Try it for a week. Say every day for one week, I'm going to just do something to be of service to others. And if it's easier to do it to a stranger, by all means, do it. They don't know what's going on in your world right now and in your life. And sometimes it just is so crazy that the world continues to spin when your world has seemed to come to an utter standstill. So give it a shot and try if you can't focus on yourself right now, being of service to others. And the reason why I'm saying this is that I also have, have uh, where we learned about this in Grief Share, what they said was feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. So if it's too hard right now to consider giving yourself a present, think about wrapping your gratitude up and giving it to someone else as a present. Thank you so much for being here. If you liked this episode or you are a fan of the show, the best way to support it is to share it on social media and with your family and friends. For more of my thoughts on the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. As always, remember, we can use grace, grit, and gratitude to grow with our grief.